Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. And we return. I'm Arlene Bonnet in for John Oakley and one of my favorite parts here. It is our panel time for Pizzaville. I would like to welcome John Carmichael, CEO, Interim Registrar, Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council, Canadian business leader and a former conservative member of Parliament, John Carmichael. Thank you. It's lovely to have you. Thanks, Arlene. Stephen Holliday, Deputy Mayor, Councillor, Ward 3, Etobicoke Centre. Hello, Arlene. Glad to be here. Hey, nice to see you again. And David Wills, Senior Vice President of Media Profile, a leading Toronto public relations agency. And nice to see you again. Good to see you. All right, we just had some breaking news, so why don't we go for it? I'm going to begin with you, John. Uh, The news is that the head of the principal of St. John of St. Michael's has resigned. This is something we've watched him struggle since this happened last week. It was just yesterday that the board of directors said that they had confidence. We've been watching this unfold from a crisis management point of view, uh, from a community point of view, from a cultural point of view, and from a criminal point of view. Are you surprised, John? No, I'm not the least bit surprised. I, uh, it's a horrible story, and it is uh, actually a tragic story in in many forms, and. Uh, I think there's a lot of change coming at St. Mike's, whether it's uh, the president, the principal, uh, looking for a new board, new configuration for the board. They've got a lot of responsibility here, and I think they've got. Uh, we're going to see a fair, fairly significant transition in the next uh, days and weeks. Uh, you, you know, it, it was yesterday, as we, as we said, they said they had all this confidence. David, you know this story, media profile, uh, does crisis management. I guess you're not surprised. No, you know, I, I think that it's one of these things of when he became part, such a big part of the story and a big part of what wasn't done right, what was done, what done wrong, that that is a lot of pressure for for a person in his in his role. And, you know, I'm going to suspect that one of the things that led to that, because, you know, the board just mm-hmm. yesterday gave confidence, is that, you know, there was, you know, he may have had a determination that he could not be part of the go forward uh, because of his role in the early days, as uh, as we found out so about So you think this. this may have been from him? Well, I think he was probably under tremendous pressure. I'm sure there were lots of parents mm-hmm. and lots of people who were calling for this. But I think that also, um, you know, when you look at it, uh, when you look in the mirror and think, am I part of the solution here? And the answer is going to be no, because most of us believe that they didn't act appropriately at the beginning when they could have. All right. Now I'm going to put on my journalist hat here. Is While this is happening, one of the things that has stayed and that is very true is the timeline between reporting. We know that this is a legal thing and there are legal responsibilities in the educational system there was a delay there has been criticism there have been a lot of questions Stephen, is could this be part of it here you know as a a parent of kids that are growing up and starting to uh, think about entering the high school system i've been thinking a lot about this story Mm -hmm. uh, and just you know how i described it my own children about it happening um, I, I maybe I'm the holdout around the table. I I still have a lot of faith and trust in the principal, and I you know it sounds like the people have fallen on their swords. 
I don't know all of the facts and sensitivities in this case. These are experienced educators. These are people who have given their lives to um, working with children and trying to have the best outcomes. And I still wonder if there are reasons why he held off on reporting for that period of time. And what do you that we mean? What about. reasons? I don't know. I mean, they keep but talking about... But then he wouldn't have been forthcoming. He gave his reasons. So if they're not what he you, said, you know, then he's holding things back. But there may be more to the story about the children and the family. I don't know. I, I just... The, my sense was uh, uh, people are uh, looking for a scapegoat on what truly is a terrible story. And I maybe this principal is is going to be taking... is Well, is, is has stepped down now, is taking the hit on all this and... Part of me still feels that uh, that um, maybe he's, he's doing the high road because there may have been a reason why he held off on that reporting. I don't know how you'll escape this this larger thing about hazing in schools. I mean, it's been there since I'm sure all of us around the table went I through know, the but school system. This is a system. crime. This is a, a, a right. sexual assault. You're right. And and in this charge. case, in this case, a line was crossed way too far when you got into criminal acts or when you got into a situation where... A student is a victim where they didn't have a chance to opt out of the process, opt out of this hazing thing. They couldn't have said stop. They couldn't have escaped. And that's where it is a crime. And that's where it's wrong. And, uh, and you know, I'm pleased that it is with the police now. And it is being treated very seriously. Mm-hmm. And they are. John, let me throw it to you. You know, again, I've got the journalist hat back on here. I've interviewed people who've been victims, they say, in the Catholic Church, but victims in in the hockey world, victims of coaches. And one of the things that they say that really, really haunts them is that if this happened outside of an institution, it would be a crime. And if someone was found guilty, they would do hard time on this. You know, it's interesting as we talk about this, that we still kind of put it in some way that it's within a school or within a church here. Is there a sense here, now we have a resignation from the principal, is there a sense that this maybe is a tipping point on how we view this stuff? Well, I, I you know, I um, I have grandchildren that are coming into this age group, mm-hmm. 12, 13, and, uh, and I worry about them as well. Stephen and, and David both talked about that, and I I think, uh, yeah, it is a tipping point. I think any time you see this type of behavior, it's a cultural thing that has to be eradicated in our schools, mm-hmm. in our institutions, whether it's bullying, sexual assault, any type of hazing. Uh, these things are uh, these things are, are long past uh, old news. We've we've got to stop this stuff. And uh, there's legislation in place. It is criminal activity. It's criminal uh, activity. And, and treating if it's children true. like mm-hmm. this, other children treating children mm-hmm. like this. Is it driven by social media? Is it what drives the behavior? Uh, is it parents not paying attention? Is it the school system not paying attention? I think there are a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered, and we're not we're not anywhere close to it. No, yet. I, I agree. I just want to uh, go to David for a minute because you know this process. Although the rest of us do, too. Now, we know. I mean, we know you own it. You come out and say yes. You try to involve the community. There's all sorts of steps. On the other hand, journalists are still going to ask those tough questions. You can try to protect yourself and protect your brand. Is there a moment now on stuff like this? It's a new world. Me too. Look at that grand jury report from Pennsylvania within the church. A real sense that there is a momentum behind the stories of victims here, more powerful. I think so. And, but I also think, you know, the, the heart of this story, what made it really controversial was the delay. That, yes. That one person made a decision mm-hmm. to not call the police, and it's still ambiguous about whether they actually did or whether the police it called is. them. 
And that's the thing is that that's a right or wrong decision. If you see a video where you know it's a crime and, it, and apparently it was very clear, you know, oh, my, one parent was out of town is not mm-hmm. a good enough excuse. And Stephen's right. There may be things we don't know. But when you present that side of the story, you had a big miss. You failed. Your first call should be to the police. It's not, you know, well, oh, does the victim want to come forward or not? There was a crime committed under your watch and it was against a child. And, you know, I think on, you know, whether it's a me mm-hmm. too, I think one of the things that's happened is that the people feel, and this is a good thing, is it that is. they are empowered. Yes. That they're not going to be pilloried for coming forward on this. They're not, mm-hmm. that, they, that people are going to understand that they are victims and not going to be made fun of. The Like the other thing, you know, I have two teenage boys mm-hmm. and we were talking about this, about doing the right thing, stand up. And they said, you know, there, you know, you gotta also worry if you know if you if you're the one to intervene, are you going to be next? It's true. And you know, yeah. it's not that they've experienced anything like this, but when even when they're standing up against teasing, is that when they do that, they've seen it. Where then all of a sudden, the kid who says that's enough becomes the target, and it's like you know, it's not nearly at this stage. But we have to remember these are adolescents that are going through a lot. And but the the ones they committed a crime and that's not forgivable because of their age. And the reaction to that is really going to help the tone at the school. Stephen, as we talked about a tape here, you know, um, it, it is. It, I keep calling it the most modern situation, almost a microcosm of our time. You can pull in me too, all the power that we just did. But now it has changed the judicial system. On one hand, and later on in the show, we're going to speak to the father of Retea Parsons, and we know how that mm-hmm. ended up. When there was a tape, Uh, you know, it it can be shared. On the other hand, it's proof. If a victim walks into a principal's office, we know what it's like, whether it's he said, he said, he said, she said. So there's a lot of modern stuff here with the power of a tape. There is. In fact, uh, it was part of the conversation with my daughter about Mm -hmm. this incident because they heard this on the radio over the last Mm -hmm. couple of days and they're trying to make sense of what it is. And the rumors are around their school about how vicious the attack was and they got questions about what it is, but you know, uh, the thing with the tape is, yes, it's a, it's a piece of evidence. It's part of the investigation. It's part of the proof of what happened, but it's a traumatic event for the victim. And yeah. the, the part that hurts, I think, um, you know, that, that is going to continue to hurt is you, you, the person's got through this trauma, but then that tape is out there and it will, it will stick with them for a very long time. And the same mm-hmm. half of the conversation with our kids was, uh, don't forget if you ever got involved in this kind of thing, that tape stays with you as the person that did the crime. And that's what and a really important part that you've just said. And let me just quickly, before we go to break, throw, throw it over to John. It is, we're all involved in this, aren't we? Oh, well, we in are. In a way. It's all of us. Do you watch? Do you watch <clears throat> a beheading online? Do you watch? What do you do and what are you made of? Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's uh, it, This impacts all of us because we all have connections somewhere mm-hmm. whether it's with the school whether it's young children grandchildren whatever and and we feel that uh that angst when something horrific mm-hmm. like this happens it's a crisis that uh st mike's will survive uh, there'll be a lot of changes at st mike's crisis management will change behavior and mm-hmm. it'll be used as a a teaching tool for other boards and and schools and organizations across the country maybe around the world for future reference but Clearly, uh, yes, this touches all of us. It's it's very true. Teaching, David, is this up for change, the crisis management as we watch it? I was kind of comparing it to Tylenol. I know it was a long time ago, but look what they did. And it's very rare that anybody ever did it as well that they did, that they, they owned it, the people died, and then they led the industry here. 
Well, I think, you know, Tylenol and then that was eclipsed by Maple Leaf, mm-hmm. right? When they, you know, they had 14 people die from yeah. eating their product. They mm-hmm. owned it and went out every day and took their punches from the media. And I think St. Mike's is doing that. They're getting they're getting hammered on this. Uh, it's a, you know, my only advice to them, it's a long road. And it isn't about words and it isn't about staff. It's about changing your attitude and proving it. And that's going to include the way that they're interacting with the boys that are there who are very, you know, they're like, you know, I'm thinking if I'm a a student at St. Mike's, I'm very worried about my future because mm-hmm. is this stigma following me and I had All nothing over. to do People with it? All over. People say, were, you know, was my, he part of it? Was he an aggressor? Is my was university he, application yeah. going to be looked at yeah. differently? And, and all of that no stuff. No small ha- thing. It's, it's a multi-year thing. And, you know, they're a private school. Very interesting to see how many applications go in next year. Like if there's going to be a drop, uh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Right. As a parent, I would be looking at that saying, I'm going to pass. Branding. Branding yeah, is part of it. And is that the question of why they people try to protect themselves? We're going to take a break and we will return. Topics worthy of discussion. I'm Arlene Bynum here for John Oakley. Don't go away. We're going to deep dive that fiscal update in just a moment. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. 